Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Famous Failures, where I normally interview the world's most interesting people about their failures and what they learn from them. This is not an interview. This will be a solo episode where I'll go on a riff on a topic related to failure. I tried one of these a few months ago. This was the episode on how SpaceX bounced back from the brink of disaster, and I got great feedback from so many of you, and so I thought that I would do these short episodes every now and then just to mix things up. What I'll talk about in this episode is based on my, in part, on my forthcoming book, which is called Think Like a Rocket Scientist, Simple Strategies You Can Use to Make Giant Leaps in Work and Life. The book is available for pre-order now. If you head over to rocketsciencebook.com, you'll find a list of amazing pre-order bonuses, which for some categories are worth 10x the cost of the books. I've been ecstatic about the early reviews of the book. The book was named A Must Read by Susan Cain, who is the New York Times bestselling author of Quiet, Endlessly Fascinating by Daniel Pink, the New York Times bestselling author of When, Drive and a Whole New Mind, and Bursting with Practical Insights by Adam Grant, who is the New York Times bestselling author of Originals and the host of the podcast Work Life. If you'd like to check those out, again, the website where you can find those bonuses and pre-order the book is rocketsciencebook.com. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy this solo episode. The fail fast, fail often, fail forward mantra is all the rage in Silicon Valley. Failure is viewed as a rite of passage, a secret handshake shared by the insiders. Countless business books instruct entrepreneurs to embrace failure and flaunt it as a badge of honor. There are now conferences like FailCon dedicated to celebrating failure and fuck-up nights where thousands have gathered in more than 85 countries to toast their failures. There are now even funerals for failed startups. I kid you not. Funerals complete with bagpipes, DJs, sponsorships by liquor companies, and slogans like putting the fun in funeral. I don't buy it. I don't buy it primarily because when you celebrate something, you often don't learn from it. When entrepreneurs are too busy failing fast and celebrating it, they stop learning from their mistakes. The clinking of champagne glasses mutes the feedback that they might otherwise receive from failure. Failing fast, in other words, doesn't magically produce success. When we fail, we're often none the wiser. Consider a study of nearly 9,000 American entrepreneurs who founded companies between 1986 and 2000. The study compared the success rates, which they defined as taking a company public, of first-time founders and founders who had previously failed in business. Now, you might expect that the experienced founders, these people that launched a business before after all and presumably learned from their failure, would be much more likely to succeed than those who never started a business before. But that's not what the study found. The success rate of first-time entrepreneurs was nearly equal to the success rate of entrepreneurs who had previously failed in business. There's another study that's also on point. Researchers examined 6,500 cardiac procedures by 71 surgeons over a 10-year period. They found that the surgeons who botched the procedure actually performed worse on later procedures. The results suggest that the surgeons not only failed to learn from their mistakes, but also ended up reinforcing bad habits. 
So what explains these counterintuitive results? Well, when we fail, we often conceal it, distort it, or deny it. We make the facts fit our self-serving theory rather than adjust the theory to fit the facts. We attribute our failure to factors beyond our control. In our own failures, we overestimate the role of bad luck, right? We tell ourselves better luck next time. We blame the failure on someone else. We say, well, she got the job because the boss likes her more. Or we come up with a few superficial reasons for why things went south, right? We say things like, oh, if we only had more cash reserves. But personal culpability often doesn't make the list. Now, you might be thinking, well, what's a little white lie? After all, putting a positive spin on failure can help us save face. But here's the problem. If we don't acknowledge we failed, if we avoid a true reckoning, we can't learn anything. And in fact, failure can actually make things worse. And this is one of the problems with the the fail fast mantra. Failure can make things worse if we get the wrong messages from it. When we attribute our failures to external factors like the regulators, the customers, the competitors, we have no reason to change course. We end up throwing good money after bad, we double down on the same strategy, and hope the wind blows in a better direction. This is, I think, what most people get wrong about persistence. Persistence doesn't mean repeatedly doing what's failing. Insanity, as a saying often attributed to Albert Einstein goes, is is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. The goal isn't to fail fast. The goal is to learn fast. We should be celebrating the lessons from failure, not failure itself. Learning has another benefit. Learning can take the stigma out of failure. There's a quote by the author T.H. White that I love. I came across it recently when I was looking over my journals from, from high school and I ended up incorporating it into the book. He wrote, the best thing for being sad is to learn something. That's the only thing that never fails. You may grow old and trembling in your anatomies. You may lie awake at night listening to the disorder of your veins. You may miss your only love. You may see the world about you devastated by evil lunatics, or know your honor trampled in the sewers of baser minds. There is only one thing for it then, to learn. Learn why the world wags and what wags it. Without opportunities to learn why the world wags and what wags it, as T.H. White puts it, failure has no upside. But if you learn something, if this failure means you're more likely to succeed when you try again, then failure won't hit you as hard. Learning takes despair and turns it into excitement. It takes the, the drama that comes with, with failure and turns the volume all the way down. With that growth mindset, you can maintain forward momentum even as the explosions pile up, even as the work gets hard, and even as the obstacles begin to appear insurmountable. As Malcolm Forbes, the founder of Forbes magazine, puts it, failure is success if we learn from it. Thank you, as always, for listening. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. Two things before you take off. First, if you don't want to miss out on future episodes of Famous Failures, please subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on and be sure to leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. Second, if you'd like to join thousands of others who receive a short email from me each Thursday with a list of articles, books, tools, quotes, and other gems that help you discover how extraordinary thinking produces extraordinary results, 
You can text my first name, which is Ozan, that's spelled O-Z-A-N, to 345-345. So once again, that's my first name, Ozan, O-Z-A-N, to 345-345. Or if you're in front of your computer, you can head over to ozanvarol.com and drop your email address. If you act now, you'll also get a free ebook called The Contrarian Handbook, Eight Principles to Innovate Your Thinking. As always, thank you for listening and see you next time.